0: Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Norton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. Uh, a little bit of activity today in Jets land. So uh, be able to discuss that. They uh, made it made a deal for a backup, backup, backup running back. Uh, still, still a little bit interesting based on uh, the events of the last two to three days uh, in regards to Le'Veon Bell and how he was how he was used, or shall we say, how he was not used during the team scrimmage. Um, I I shot out a tweet a little while ago, wondering aloud, and we'll, we'll get right into it. Actually, I was gonna I was gonna wait uh, to discuss the the trade in a few minutes, but uh, actually, before we get going, let's let's start it off with our sponsor because I, I I tend to do them a disservice and and save them till uh till the last minute, and I know not everyone stays uh, stays on board for those last couple minutes. So, at Jet Nation Radio, we'd like to thank our sponsor Miles Social mile social that's m-i-l-e social.com if your business can use a hand managing all of its social media platforms check out milesocial.com. that's m-i-l-e social.com whether it's twitter facebook instagram tiktok whatever it may be mile social has got you covered so as i, as I mentioned the just made a deal today uh with the miami dolphins it was reported by ian Rappaport that the Dolphins were looking to cut ties with running back uh, Kalen Balaj, who was drafted a couple of years ago by the Dolphins, by Adam Gase's Dolphins, at a time when Adam Gase reportedly had control of the 53-man roster. So while he was not the GM, you know, as we know, when Gase came to New York, one of the questions he was asked was, you know, what's this adjustment going to be like coming from Miami where you had control of the 53? And Gase kind of acted like, oh, I, I didn't even, I, I didn't even want control of the 53 in Miami. I mean, he had it, and reportedly got it through demanding it. And then when he was asked, said he didn't, he didn't want it. Um, so, but real, it it really you, it does look as if Bellage was drafted by Gase while Gase had the authority to make that move or enough influence to make that move. So Blage, as a rookie under Gase, averaged 5.3 a carry. Not too bad. Uh, as someone pointed out on Twitter uh, earlier tonight, a huge, a huge run he had. I believe it was against the Vikings. He had a 75-yard run, and for a guy who only had a little over 100 carries, I believe, if not less than that, uh, that contributed hugely. If you take away that one run, he averaged 3.1 a carry. Last year, with the Dolphins, 1.8 per carry. Uh, But as we know, the Dolphins were a disaster last year. They were actually, I I looked to see uh, where they ranked in terms of PFF offensive line, in terms of their run blocking. They were actually dead last in the NFL. The Jets were not last in that category, if you can believe it. Uh, They weren't far off, though. The Jets were 29th, or 30th, sorry, Jets were 30th in the NFL in run blocking last year. Dolphins, 30 seconds. So that would kind of explain the 1.8 yards per carry. Uh, and, and now look, getting a guy like Bellage they got him for a conditional late round pick, which basically means it's probably a sixth or seventh if he makes the roster. So there's a good chance the guy doesn't even stick. And, you know, it'll be a non-issue. But I wondered out loud, was this a move because the Jets are looking to move Le'Veon Bell? Not that Bellage is as good as Bell by any stretch, but if they feel like they can get by with Perrin and Gore as their one and two, or Gore Perrin, however they want to do it, and then have Bellage as a backup or your three, then that makes a little more sense. And and the reason for that, and I, I've already backtracked from it, um, the the primary reason being, when I looked at the numbers on OverTheCap.com uh, for the cap hit the Jets would take for trading Bell. When I looked at it initially, it said it would be a $6 million hit with a $9 million savings, which I don't think is all that prohibitive if the Jets could save $9 million. However, the idiot that I am, I was looking at the pre-June 1st, which it is no longer pre-June 1st. Once you go into post-June 1st, the Jets would save $13 million, but that's because the team acquiring Bell would be picking up the $13 million. I don't see a team picking up $13 million for Le'Veon Bell. So unless a deal is worked out with, you know, with, with, Teams, Jets picking up money, whatever, but let, let's just let's just say Le'Veon Bell's not gonna be traded. All right, let's get past that. Like I said, I tweeted it, my mistake, looked at the wrong uh, looked at the wrong data in terms of what the cap hit would be and what the acquiring team would be responsible for. But the reason, and it wasn't just the it wasn't the Balage trade that made me think this. That kind of reinforced what I was thinking the other day when in case you missed it, the Jets held a scrimmage. Uh, You know, they can't they can't do anything else with anybody at the moment. There's you know teams aren't meeting up to obviously there's no preseason games and we talked earlier would there be any sort of joint practices we're not having any of those so all you got is scrimmages you can you can do an internal scrimmage and the Jets did one the other day and Bell sent out some tweets afterwards he was clearly upset that he didn't get any action or he had very I think he had a I think he played the first two series, had two carries and a reception. Now, he feels like he needs more, and I understand that. I don't think two or three carries in a a preseason scrimmage is going to be enough for a guy like him to get a feel for the new O-line. And Bell obviously feels that way. Bell sent out some tweets, how am I supposed to get loose? How, How am I supposed to get ready when I'm just standing around? And, you know, Frank Gore's getting all the – he didn't name Frank Gore, but Frank Gore got a bunch of carries. And the Jets then released their injury report, or not the injury report so much, but uh, team reporter Eric Allen shot out a tweet after – I'm assuming he was on the one of the Zoom call with Adam Gase and said that uh, Bell was pulled because of a hamstring. If that's the case, fine. Be cautious. You don't want the guy to get injured. But then Le'Veon Bell comes out and retweets that tweet or responds to that tweet, one of those two, saying, my hamstrings are fine. I feel fine. Well, listen, whether you like it or not, that's going to raise some eyebrows. And a lot of people responded to it on Twitter, and I was one of them. I thought, you know, here we go. And Adam Gates did this in Miami. Forget the player, he had a safety who was, this. now this player was injured, missed some time. Gase told the media that he had spoken to him, and they'd hashed it out, and they they had a plan in place to get him back on the field. And then when the player was asked, he was like, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, Adam Gase hasn't talked to me about this. And then when they went back to Adam Gase and said, Adam, you told us you talked to this guy. He says you didn't talk. Gase just kind of shrugged it off, like, all right, well, I lied. Like, what do you want from me? And this isn't like a, you know, this isn't like a strategic thing where, like, you're going to throw off the opponent's game plan by saying, like, you revealed nothing in the lie. All you did was lie about whether or not you talked to this guy about when he's going to get back on the field. And then the player outs you by saying, he didn't talk to me. Um, And now it it happens with Bell. And it's, it's, again, it... 99% chance it's nothing. 99% chance it's just Adam Gase is a weird guy and doesn't always tell the truth. But you can't lie about, you can't, first of all, this isn't a typical preseason. Like, these guys need to get some, like, you know, we hear it all the time. Every every preseason, even though guys don't play a full preseason game, like, they need that contact. They need to get their bodies in football shape. There's in shape and then there's in football shape. And Le'Veon Bell knows what he needs to do to get into football shape. And Adam Gase is sitting the guy. Bell's frustrated, and it may not matter. They may scrimmage. Again. I wasn't the only one on Twitter yesterday with some raised eyebrows, going, "What the what the hell is going on here? What is the what is to be gained by lying about why this guy didn't practice?" And then you put Bell in the awkward position to have to call the team out. Because you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, Le'Veon Bell's been a hell of a soldier since getting here. He's been a really good soldier. Adam Gase, as you know, I'm not going to get into it again, but we know he didn't use him properly all season. And I got called out on saying that a few times, and Gase said it himself a couple weeks ago. said, I, I didn't use Le'Veon Bell the right way. So thank you for that, by the way. I mean, it's not even – the frustrating thing with that is that it's not even like it's a hot take. It's not, it's not me pretending to know more about football than Adam Gase, because I don't. But I do know Le'Veon Bell was a much, much more impactful player in Pittsburgh when he was used in a variety of roles than he was last year under Adam Gase, where he was used almost exclusively out of the backfield and very rarely lined up as a receiver. And I said that all offseason, or I said that all season, I said it all offseason, people got on me for it, Adam Gay said it himself the other day, I didn't use him right, I got to use him better. Which, like I said, it's not rocket science. And that's what makes it frustrating. It's like, this is one of the reasons why you bring this guy in, because he can do so many things. And then you use him as a one-dimensional guy, and it takes you 16 games and a full offseason to realize, oh, wow. That guy's pretty good at catching the football as a receiver, too. But, you know, we've been over that enough times. There's no need to keep going over that. But, look, bottom line, Jets traded for a backup, backup, backup running back. Hasn't done a lot in the league. Probably won't make the roster. But can you just tell the damn truth? Just say, listen, Le'Veon's on pitch count. That's it. Le'Veon's not going to like it. Sorry, Le'Veon. I have a job to do. You have a job to do. Your job is to be prepared. My job is to decide when you play. And I decided you're not going to play right now because we want you healthy for the season. Now, that's something I could get on board with, but there would be a little bit of irony in that Adam Case kind of annually puts 20 dudes on IR. So he's not the first guy I would go to to say, what approach should we take to keep our guys healthy? Um, And generally it's absurd to blame a coach for injuries but Jesus, at some point, like what, 17, 18, 19 guys on IR last year, and a similar situation in Miami the two previous years. So not again, not not the authority on how to handle players to keep them healthy. And um, and like I said, they could scrimmage again next week, and Le'Veon Bell will have all the carries in the world, and nobody will give a damn, and the story will go away. Um, and it's not even it's not even a story per se; it's a conversation, and it's a conversation that comes about. Because you lied. That's all. You lied. Don't lie. No conversation. So, that's enough of that. We we may we may touch base later uh, with our guests. We're going to have a uh, Dylan Turnerman on, who is one of our Jet Nation writers. We've not had Dylan on the show before. I've been meaning to get him on for a while. Alex, unfortunately, will not be able to join us tonight, as his the, the uh, I feel so terrible for Alex. The drama continues to unfold. Uh, He's having even he's having even more work done on his home at the moment. And he basically contacted me and said, dude, if I'm on the air, it's going to be so much banging and hammering and and noise in the background. It's just not worth it. Um, He did say things quiet down for a little bit. He'll call in. So Alex might be calling in for a little chat later. Uh, But we're going to have Dylan Terman on. Like I said, been wanting to get Dylan on for a little while. I was hoping to have him on tonight with me and Alex, uh, with Alex not able to come on. Uh, it made it an opportunity to bring Dylan on, uh, give, give him a chance to, to let his voice be heard by the audience. And he's going to do a 53. I think that's his plan. That's I'm, I'm going to do a 53-man roster later on. I will say, you know, every year with the 53 projections, um, it gets a little hairy. Like there's certain spots where you just, you can't really put your finger on how they're going to handle this spot. Like, Inside linebacker, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's tough. Set all off there's a lot of depth there. Because of all the injuries last year, we found out that James Burgess can play. We found out Neville, I mean, we knew Neville Hewitt could play. Blake Cashman going into year two. If he stays healthy, he he showed some flashes as a rookie. You wanna give up on a second year guy if he manages to stay healthy? Then, of course, you have Ansoir, who you traded for, or who you added as a free agent, and you got you got uh, Avery Williamson back. That's a lot of inside linebackers. And the, the guy that I've mentioned a few times this offseason, B.J. Bellow. I like Bello. I think he's versatile. I think he's – I mean, primarily he's a special teamer. His versatility is almost a moot point because he rarely gets on the field. But as I said before, Greg Williams brought him over from Cleveland. Greg Williams had him on, on his roster there. Brought him over to the Jets. He did a nice job on specials last year. And sometimes guys make rosters based on their ability on special teams. Not a ton of guys, but some guys manage to. So I don't I'm I'm up in the air on some of these guys. The D line, there's so much talent there. It's it's tough to make a decision. I'll I'll probably forget a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave someone off that people are gonna be like, Oh my god, how did you leave such and such out? How did you not include this guy? And um I just think that there are a couple spots. Offensive line, there are some shoe-ins, and then there are some guys who are, I guess you'd say borderline. They, they've shown they can play in the league, but other guys have been brought in to compete. And and you might have some guys, some more experienced players, being shown the door. So we'll go over that in a little bit. And uh, I don't know – in, in regards, I think I mentioned this. Yeah, I, I did mention it already with, with, the, uh, with the with the with the trade that that is a late round conditional pick. So really, you know, a good chance that he doesn't stick, and the Jets get their pick back, their sixth or seventh round or whatever it was going to be. So that that's where we are with that right now. The one of the things that's frustrating, I understand that you know. It's it's not like a GM can't do two things at once. But not a lot of activity in the wide receiver department. We've seen some names, some guys who came in and tried out. Kevin White, who tried out, didn't get a deal, went out and tried out for the the defending NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. They signed him. They thought he was good enough to bring in because they're hurting at wide receiver. Paul Richardson is... Reportedly re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks. I'll tell you, what, I've, I've said it several times this offseason. And I'll say it again. And listen, I hope he comes out looking like a genius. But Joe Douglas is taking some huge gambles at wide receiver. He just is. Took one guy in the draft. We have beat that to death. Not going to go over that again. Grabbed a couple of undrafted guys, Lawrence Kager and George Campbell. We finally start hearing Lawrence Kager's name in practice. Pulls down a few touchdowns. Makes some big plays, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt. His knee's dinged up. So Kager is out. Perriman's been missing some time with a knee. Denzel Mims is yet to get on the field with a hamstring. They had to bring in Chris Hogan. Oh, Chris Hogan's got some good hands, but can the guy stay healthy? He hasn't been able to in the last few years. Jeff Smith, I still, I'm still waiting to see the first tweet where, where Jeff Smith makes a catch, because I keep seeing that he's getting reps with the ones, which is fantastic, but has he made a play? So, so here's the receiver rundown: Vincent Smith out up out for up to two months. Jeff Smith running with the ones. Don't know if he's yet, if he has a catch yet. Chad Perryman is at the moments, but now he's hurt. Enzo Mims hasn't seen the field yet. Josh Malone, haven't heard his name. Chris Hogan, good hands, injury prone. Jameson Crowder, might catch 100 balls. Jehu Chasson, haven't heard a word. George Campbell, ditto. Lawrence Cager, finally started to make some plays. Now he's hurt. Braxton Berrios, I think he makes the roster because he's the, the team's top punt returner. And, you know, it's a little too early to get into this, but I really think if you're a GM and you have Braxton Berrios and you have Jamison Crowder on your roster and Jamison Crowder is due to make $10 million next year, if you feel like you can bring back some Braxton Berrios along to where he can be even half as good as Crowder while your tight ends and some of you guys like Denzel Mims develop, I think Crowder could be a guy the team looks to looks to move on from. Not because he's not a good player. And a lot of it to depend on this, the COVID impact on the salary cap. If we see this dramatic drop in the salary cap, as, as some have project, projected, I mean, it won't drop any lower than 175.
1: But even that,
0: that's a lot lower than teams were planning before COVID started. But it's, it, they are the walking wounded right now, this receiving core. Cage hurt, Campbell invisible, on invisible, Crowder's healthy. Hogan not hurt now has been hurt in the past. Josh Malone haven't heard a word. Denzel Mims hurt. Brashad Perriman hurt. Jeff Smith don't know if he has a catch yet. Vincent Smith hurt. That's a lot of guys. That's a lot of guys hurt and 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 not not doing anything to get on anybody's radar. So I'm anxious to hear about and you know another guy. And, you know, I've talked about him at great length this offseason because I want to know how he's progressed is is Chuma Adoga. I haven't heard a single word about that dude. Not one word. So I think it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some decisions to be made. Listen, this is frustrating. As I said, minus last year, I'm normally out there at camp. I'm normally there to watch 12, 13, 14 practices and get a really good feel for what's going on. If I'm not there, you got the beat writers out there every single day, all these practices, sending out clips, sending out, you know, what what they're seeing out there. So you can take what you think of a player, what you're hearing from the media, what you've seen on film, what they're sending out on, you know, the limited clips they send out and kind of get a better feel for who you think is going to make a roster. But now it's, I mean, this is the biggest crapshoot ever. Like I, I I love the idea of Huff making the roster. Have, have have you seen his name anywhere? Has anyone talked about him making a play? I mean, it's entirely possible. Entirely possible, and I missed it. And you know, that's that. But I mean, I'm my, minus the last couple days where I was not as engaged as usual. I mean, well, by not as engaged as usual. I mean, not constantly checking like every five minutes for what's going on. I was probably only checked every couple hours. So, you know, spent a little time away with the family. But um, for all the time that I spend trying, you know, following all the beat writers, what's going on with this guy, that guy, I've, I've seen nothing. I haven't seen Bryce Huff's name mentioned one time. I've, I've seen people ask I've seen fans, hey, can we get an update on Bryce Huff? Hey, Bryce Huff, make a play yet? Hey, what's going on, Bryce Huff? Nothing. Everyone follows Dennis Rozak on Twitter, as you should, with his great emoji updates. Nothing. Nothing on Bryce Huff. So, a lot of people asking. Nobody updating. So, he's the guy, you know, undrafted guy that a lot of us felt, you know, could... At least contribute off the edge, make a roster, make some plays. I, I don't, I don't know what to say. He's not. We're not hearing his name at all. So, to be continued in regards to, in regards to Bryce Huff and some of the, you know, some of the, some of the guys on the D line that we're expecting to see pressure from. Jabari Zuniga haven't heard his name. Brennan Williams plays early on, not much since then. Rich did the other day did rave about Nathan Shepard. Said he's been doing some great work. And that's encouraging. Because, listen, you know, as we've said previously, that dude of all the guys of all the guys that, you know, we thought were were dead men walking and would be off the roster in a hurry. That guy, Nathan Shepard, once he had that you know, bombed as a rookie, and then, and then went on to get suspended early last year for PEDs. Kind of a damn good year. Underrated. A lot of people don't get it. A lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people spend a lot of time focusing on the box scores, on film. He he looked pretty damn good, and it sounds as if. Uh, in listening to or in, in reading what Rich Cimini said the other day, it seems as if there's there's been another jump for Nathan Shepard. So, I'm excited to see, you know, this D-line, they're going to need them to be good because we still don't know what to expect out of the secondary. And, you know, that, that's that been one one thing we I was going to mention briefly. Bryce Hall came off the COVID list today. Don't know where he is in terms of rehab for his foot injury. But if you can get him back to full strength, Bless Austin is reportedly looking pretty damn good. I think it was Brian Costello the other day who said that he thinks it's safe to say he will be the two opposite Pierre year once he's back. I think the Jets hope. The best case scenario for the Jets, really, is that uh, Bless Austin and Bryce Hall play at a high level. And, uh, you know, down the road for the long term, they can be your, your, your one and two at corner. But Pierre Desir, of course, listen, as we know, can't have enough good corners. If Desir plays well this year, then maybe you extend him. Uh, but I think I, I do like what they've done at corner in bringing in some young guys. But it's a matter of who stays healthy, who gets on the field and performs. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to find out. But uh, we're joined right now, I believe, I believe this is uh, Dylan calling in. Let's go to the phone lines. Dylan, are you there?
1: Hey, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Uh, I can hear you just fine. Thank you so much for calling in, Dylan. Uh, glad to finally get you on the show. As I said at the top, I have been want to do this for a while. Um, yourself and also Green Bean. I want to give Green Bean a shout out real quick. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with uh, Green Bean, he is another contributor to Jetnation.com, and uh, he's uh, you can find him on Twitter and at Being the Jets Fan. That's B E A N the Jets Fan, and check him out on Jetnation.com. He does some, of our, some he does a lot of our video blogs, and uh, kind of a cool thing he's got going on. He's he's doing a road trip across country in his, his RV, and he checks in from different locations around the U.S. with a with some you know sort of five ten minute blogs and uh, entertaining, and one of the best beards you will ever see. But Dylan, thanks for joining us. Uh, how how are things going? How you doing?
1: Uh, glad to be here. Um, it, things are going well. Um, considering everything, glad to finally be able to talk football. Um, I've always wanted to come on the podcast since I joined the team last year. So this is a goal I can cross off my list now. So it's going to be a fun experience.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you on. We'll do uh, we'll do a fifty-three. Uh, we talked a little before the show. Uh, uh,
1: uh, I am do you are you are you good you, you good to hang around for a full fifty three? Yeah absolutely I got nothing nothing to do tonight. The wife's at work. You might hear the occasional dogs barking, but other than that, yep, I'm good to go.
0: Okay, great, great. I uh, I I said before we had before you got on, a uh, little tougher this year, but normally I'm either at camp mm-hmm. to see for myself for a couple weeks or mm-hmm. we have enough coverage from the beat writers that we can get an idea as to who is playing well and who is not. Uh, this year, mm-hmm. obviously, I am not there. And the beat, even the beat writers who were there, if you look at the schedule, they're not getting in on a ton of practices. So even the guys who are there have limited access. So this year is mm-hmm. like, yeah. I mean, it, I mean it really, every year, it's you know who the starters. You could pick like 40 guys, maybe even 45 guys that you know are going to make the roster. And then the last 8, 9, 10 guys are a guest. Um, This year, there's a lot more guessing because there are guys that we just, you know, a guy that I mentioned earlier, Chuma Adoga. I mean, listen, I think the guy has Mm -hmm. great feet. I think he has the physical skills to play the position, to play the O-line. But if he hasn't spent this offseason getting stronger, then this is a guy that Adam Gase and Joe Douglas did not draft. And if he didn't get stronger, that tells us there may be some issues with his work ethic, which was there were some rumors floated about that leading up to the draft. And if that's the yep. case, he, he could be a surprise cut. I, I, I've yeah, said that. Uh, yeah. he was, oh, you're an idiot. They're not cutting a second-year tackle. You're a moron. Mm-hmm. Listen, they didn't draft the guy. If he does something that makes you believe there are work ethic issues, I don't think he hangs around. But, but for nope. all I know, the dude may have busted his ass this offseason. He might be absolutely ripped. But I did think it was a little bit weird when the Jets did their uh, – if you saw the episode of One Jets Drive when they had the O-line on, not a single word about Shuma Doga. Not a picture.
1: Yeah, not was, a video clip. Yep, I was going to mention Not an that. interview. Yep. Yeah, I didn't want to read too much into that part of it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if because, they're not going to yeah, highlight him on the offensive line, it doesn't seem like he's going to stick around long. And spoiler yeah, I mean, alert: he's not on my fifty-three. So yeah, I've and, uh, he, to the height he, that he won't be around. He's
0: he's on my fifty-three, but it's just again, it's <laughs> guessing. Like I need, I don't know yeah. if he's put into work. Um, but I would be not at all surprised if he's cut and yep. it would be re- as a result of not putting in the work. So we'll find out in time. Um, I may, I've, I'm, I'm going to double check mine real quick here, because one guy I did leave off um, who of course will be on the roster is Bryce Hall, because I was going off the Jets roster and they had him on the COVID. So he was on a separate section from the, uh, from the initial yep. roster. So I might have, I might be off by one or two. I might end up having 52 or 54, but I'll, I'll try to count those out as we go. And uh and let's get the ball rolling. Let's 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 go at it Sounds and good. see who we have for our fifty three man rosters. And uh you can kick it off there, Dylan, and uh and let's go over the uh the
1: three quarterbacks or two or three, however many you think they're keeping. Um, yeah, so uh right off the bat I think we have a little bit of a hairy situation. We currently have five. I think we go into the season with three possibly four, depending on the injury situation. I know Flacco is not 100% and isn't expected to be 100%. They, you know, they could start him on the pup, and we don't know if that's the route they're going to choose to take, or if James Morgan, the rookie, he somehow, like you've alluded to before, ends up on IR with some serious injury. I think that's also a possibility, but I think they, they have three. Um, I have Sam, obviously. Um, I kept... David fails because he's been the Gates follower. I think that's his guy. And then uh, the third string I have as James, I have uh, Joe on Pup, so James Morgan will start uh, as the third string for me.
0: All right. Uh, only, I, I think you're probably right, but um, this should come as a surprise to absolutely nobody. I'm going with my guy, Mike White. Uh, I'm <laughs> it's hard here. for me to I, keep him all. Yeah, they've already said that Flacco will not be ready for the opener. So, I think Flacco Mm -hmm. starts on Pup. Uh, Darnold is the starter. White, the backup. Morgan, I think, hangs around until Flacco comes back. And then a mystery injury, as I said, lands him on Mm -hmm. IR. Um, Again, listen, what we can glean from these practices, who the hell knows. But it sure sounded like James Morgan lit up the Jets' first string defense the other day.
1: So if indeed, he if, yeah.
0: if he looks even serviceable, um, maybe he does hang around. Maybe he does bump Mike White and David Fails, because they're not keeping four quarterbacks. Um, and if mm-hmm. Flacco goes to pup, once he comes back, um, maybe they want Morgan on the roster. So I before I was sold on it. And again, we just we just have to take. It, it's it's damn near impossible to to navigate this. But my guess, as I said, Darnold. Black Oda Pup, Mike White, and Morgan. And uh, David Fales, I think, uh, needs to be shown the door. So that's, uh, yeah. that's three guys there of the 53, mm-hmm. 50 remaining. And
1: who do you have at running back? So running back, I went with three also. I know we just uh, made a move to acquire a uh, fifth one, I Kalen Balazs. We traded the 2021 conditional pick earlier today. I don't think he's going to stick around though. So I don't think we'll have to give up another uh, late round draft pick two years in a row, like we did with uh, Quincy Wilson. Um, And then I have Josh Adams also not making the list, even though he has ties with Joe Douglas and they had moved him to the active roster late last year because someone wanted to poach him. And it seemed like everything was going to be, uh, you know, good for him moving forward with the team. But I think with the addition of Pirine and how he's looked in camp and I mean, Frank Gore just tread on the tires, man. I don't think that anything can slow this guy down. So I think they'll be comfortable with three. Maybe they add one of those guys to the practice squad after they clear waivers or something, but I have three for now. And I think those three could be solid.
0: Yeah, I have Bell, Gore, P. Ryan as well. Uh, I think that makes the most sense. Balage, I just, I don't see it happening. Uh It's as you know, I said at the top, but I think you just mentioned it. It's a late round conditional pick based on him making the roster. They'll bring him in; He'll get a look, you know, but again, the thing that makes this a little bit different, you know, if this were the preseason where there were going to be preseason games, you could say, Oh, they're bringing in P Ryan just to get, you know, just to have another body to run the ball Mm -hmm. in preseason games. But it's, it's their team controlled scrimmages where you can just run the guys you want to run. And then if you, if you feel like your backs have had enough, you know, go to a heavy pass offense and, and don't, don't pound the ball as much. And from what, from what I understand, at least in the scrimmage the other day, they called it a scrimmage, but it wasn't, it wasn't tackled to the ground. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't even as if they were taking a beating like a running back would take. So, right. you know, it's not as if these guys are getting worn down. But, yeah, I've got exactly. Bell, Gore, and, uh and we'll move on next to the wide receivers. What do you have there?
1: All right, so I think, let's see. I have a total of seven making it right now. I know we have a lot of question marks as far as Denzel Mims. He should be back to practice. Paraman should be back to practice as well. And then, you know, Jeff Smith had the, the core muscle injury, so that's going to be a big one. I don't know if, again, he might be another one they put on the pup, depending on how, how they forecast that injury. But I have uh, Mims, Paraman, Crowder, uh, Berrios, Jeff Smith, the new uh, addition, Chris Hogan, and then the undrafted free agent that's been shining lately, Lawrence Cager. I think what they've uh, seen from him this past few weeks or few practices has been enough to keep him around, whether it's active or practice squad. I think he should remain on the team. He's six foot five, he's something we don't necessarily have. And uh, I think it could work out.
0: Yeah, I have the exact same seven. That That's where mm-hmm. I am with this. Perryman, Mims, Crowder, Berrios, <laughs> Hogan, Smith, Cager. Um, Jeff Smith, I've, I've mentioned him a few times, you know, even last year. Uh, and I I think I wrote – I think I've mentioned it in an article recently. I, I spent so much damn time talking, thinking, and writing about this team. I don't know when or where I say or think what. Um, so I, right. I, I do end up repeating myself at times. But Jeff Smith mm-hmm. um, is just a guy with a unique skill set, college quarterback, um, and the team – you know, the, the biggest thing that jumped out to me, and I'm sure I mentioned this last week, uh, the fact that this team did not draft him, he was or that this regime did not draft him, this regime did not sign him, this regime did not get to see him in action in the preseason last year because he was hurt. He still made the team or practice squad made it onto the roster. And then when a few guys went down early on, he was one of the first choices to get some run with the ones. I think they really like him, so I think Smith sticks for that reason. And yeah, so like I said, same guys Cager Smith, Hogan, Berrios, Crowder, Mims, Perryman. And that moves us mm-hmm. on to tight ends.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, tight ends, again, I have the magic number three, just like quarterbacks and running backs. This time, the odd man out for me was Daniel Brown. Uh, Earlier on in the process, I thought it was going to be Wesco. I thought he wasn't going to be around long. Um, he wasn't a pick by McCagney or, uh, excuse me, Joe Douglas. So I didn't think that. <clears throat> he'd last long, but it seems like Gase can use him in multiple different ways as far as fullback and as an inline blocker. And from the press conference, I heard it said, he said in a, it's night and day with Trevon Wesco, So I think that's a big sign for him to make it. And then I have Chris Herndon as the starter. Hopefully he can come back from his injuries and get back clicking with Sam again. And Ryan Griffin, who – Many Jets fans, you know, they don't really think much of Ryan Griffin, but I think he's a very good security blanket as a backup tight end. And the run that he had with Sam last year was pretty decent. I think it was maybe the Washington game. He he had a really good game. So I think he's worth the tight end two spot.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be Hernd and Griffin-Wesco. Wesco's going to be used as an H-back, fullback, in-line tight end. He, mm-hmm. I've, You know, I've, I've commented many times, if you go back and watch him late last season, he was a much improved player late in the year. Uh, Baltimore game was probably his best game. Did a great job blocking, and no coincidence that was Le'Veon Bell's best game of the year on the ground. And mm-hmm. from what we're hearing, not just from Adam Gase, but from the reporters, he looks like he's gotten bigger, gotten stronger, and he's playing much better. So I fully expect Wesco to make the roster, uh, giving him three tight ends, Herndon, Griffin, Wesco. And that brings us to the O-line.
1: All right. So uh, I guess I'll just go left to right with the starters first. But I have Bechtin, uh, Greg Van Roten, Connor McGovern, Alex Lewis, George Fant. And then as the depth pieces, I have Josh Andrews, the free agent from Indianapolis. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Harrison, who's been the backup for a couple years, I don't think. You should move on from him. He's a solid option. Not the greatest, but... And then you have rookie uh, Cameron Clark, who I think could possibly be the the interior like guard number three behind Roten and Lewis. And then I have uh, undrafted free agent Jared Hilbers. This is the guy I decided to choose over Edoga. He played, uh, I think it was 23 games combined at left and right tackle in college. So he has experience yep. on both sides, I think. It's another one of those gay guys that they brought in for, for their regime, for their scheme fit. So I think he's the one that gives Idoga the nudge, but I think it'll be uh, that'll be a big competition that's going under the radar.
0: Yeah, I agree
1: with a lot of that, and I actually I had
0: Hilbers initially, but now I just put a note <laughs> next to him. I think maybe practice squad. It's again, it all comes down mm-hmm. to Idoga. If if I I fully agree, if Idoga's not not holding up, not holding up, then I think Hilvers gets the call. Uh, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, I do like his versatility. As a matter of fact, when the Jets released, you know, when, when, when we were able to compile their li- list of undrafted free agents, uh, Hilvers was the one mm-hmm. guy that I said I thought would stick. And
1: yep, me too. I don't know.
0: There, some people have questioned whether or not he has the length, the arm length, but that, you know, you do see guys who can compensate if their technique is good enough. They can still play. Maybe he gets a look on the inside, but I think they like him Mm -hmm. as a swing tackle, a guy who can play either spot. I also think I like Connor McDermott, which kind of makes things interesting because I don't know how many guys they're going to carry. But what I have, I've got Becton Lewis, McGovern, GBR, Fant, Clark, Adoga with a huge question mark, uh, McDermott, excuse me. And then I put Harrison – but I've got Harrison slash Andrews as well. I don't think they'll keep both. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think Harrison should be the guy they keep because he has shown he can play the position and he can play it you know right. at, well enough. Um, but the fact they brought Andrews in and he's you know he's a Joe Douglas guy that they brought in. I think they you know mm-hmm. guys like to bring in as many of their own their own players as they as many as their own players as they can. So I have Harrison down, but would not be the least bit surprised if Andrews gets the job. And then, as I said, I've got Hilbers going to the practice squad. Initially had him on the 53 and absolutely have him on the 53 if Chuma
1: Adoga isn't, uh, isn't, isn't playing well enough. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, McDermott, I was, I had originally and I switched him for uh, Hilbers and Andrews. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think Connor McDermott could end up being the swing tackle. Um he, that that injury, I don't know if we got any clarification on it, but it seemed like at the time it was bad. I think it's just a week to week thing though, but if he's, you know, hurt to start the year, I think they definitely keep him around. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think there's a really good chance of that. Um defensive mm-hmm. line, who do you have there? Okay, so I have Henry Anderson, uh Fuller onto Fatikasi, Quinn and Williams Jabari Zuniga, Kyle Phillips, Steve McClendon, and Nathan Shepard. I did seven. I wanted to go eight. I was leaning on uh, Sterling Johnson, the undrafted uh, free agent from, uh, I believe, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, Um, yeah. Yeah, they gave him a really big signing bonus. I think it was like $50,000. So he seems like somebody that could actually stick around. But the six or seven that I had ahead of him, I just had a hard time taking one down unless you count Kyle Phillips as maybe an edge guy, but I have him more as a D-tack or D-lineman.
0: Yeah, we actually, you and I have the same exact seven guys, Quinn and McClendon, mm-hmm. Anderson, Phillips, Shepard Zuniga, and Fatakasi. And, yeah, I think, uh, it, you know, it's tough to say with, with Phillips, edge, D-line, he, he plays a little bit of everything. Uh, and, I you know, that's one of the things mm-hmm. the I like Tyler about him. With Zuniga. I, he's going to be – I think he's a little bigger than your typical edge guy. But, again, I think uh, – I think they're, they're going to see, basically, I think, I think there's going to be heavy rotation along the D-line. Um, and that mm-hmm. brings us to what is, in my opinion, the most interesting spot, linebacker, specifically the inside guys. But we'll just bunch them together, go through all your linebackers, um, taking guys off, putting guys on, taking guys off, putting guys on. That, uh, we, just, we has saw been a rotating right door. Here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we, we, since we saw five, six, seven inside linebackers last year, and a lot of them played well, it's tough to pull anyone off. And I've, I've, mm-hmm. I got some guys, as I'm saying this, and I'm not sure who I'm going to have. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So go ahead. Who are, your, who, are your, who are your linebackers? So starting on the interior, I have um, Avery Williamson, uh, Patrick Awasor, Blake Cashman, and Neville Hewitt, which, I mean, I'm, personally for me, I am kind of glad that C.J. Mosley opted out because it allowed the Jets to take a look at what they had in Avery Williamson. I mean, this is the guy that tore his ACL in a third preseason game, which he had no part of being. He shouldn't have even been in, and it was a fluke injury. He sat out the whole year. He dressed in game apparel, I can I, almost every single week of the year. So all the Jets fans saying to cut Avery Williamson, I'm glad we did not because he is a team first player. Um, but then I like the Wasur Cashman. I think they're still going to figure out what's up with him. And I had Hewitt nudging out Burgess just slightly. Um, but then on the outside, I have uh, Jordan Jenkins and Basham, who I know just went down with an injury. Yeah, I think that's week to week. And then Harvey Lange and Frankie Luvu I had as the rotational edge players and slash special teamers. I was conflicted on whether to put Bryce Huff for one of those guys, but I don't know with this offseason specifically if he's had enough time to prove himself. So I went with the the veteran options, Luvu and Langi.
0: Yeah. Huff was a guy who I had initially. And then, um, I put him, I I'm going to call him a practice squad guy. Um, because I, yeah. I, I only, because I haven't heard a single word about him. Um, but you yeah, know, he was the exactly. other guy I, I mentioned Hilbers. Hilbers was my top guy in terms of guys. I thought that would make the roster initially. Um, and then it kind of became Huff and Cager. Cager I wasn't too big on until I watched his game against Florida, and I thought he was an absolute monster. And I thought, wow, mm-hmm. if they can if they can get this guy to play consistently, and then I then I got on the Cager bandwagon after watching that game. Um, but Huff I loved early on because a lot of people had him as a draftable player with some good traits off the edge, and I've heard nothing, so I ca- I can't say I think the guy's gonna make it. So I've got Avery Williamson, I've got Anwusar, I've got Cashman. And I've got Hewitt. Uh,
1: I, okay.
0: I can't, because of how well he played last year and how he seemed to really, really, you know, catch Greg Williams' eye, I can't, I have a hard time thinking James Burgess won't make it. But I just think yeah. the, the room is too crowded. I mean, the guy exactly. averaged 10 tackles a game. You know, he wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes, not great in coverage. Um, But listen, you know, I'm not here to say, a guy won't make the roster because he's not an all pro. Um, I mm-hmm. see that sometimes with some players, you know, a guy will play well and I'll comment on it. And someone will say to me on Twitter, Oh, but look, what about this time when he had a missed tackle? Oh, he got beaten coverage here. Yeah. I'm, nobody is saying that every guy who makes the roster is never going to make a mistake. Like there, mm-hmm. there are, how many players in the NFL are perfect? Like there's, you have great players, you have good players, you have average players, you have below average players. Um, I, think, I think he's your type of average player, but who can make those game-changing hits, those, those, that kind of physical linebacker that sets the tone that someone like Greg Williams loves. So I, I keep taking them on and putting him off. Taking him I'm, I'm going to leave him on, but I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. if he doesn't make it. Um, so for me, it's Williamson on with Jordan Jenkins on the edge, Basham on the edge, Cashman, Hewitt, Burgess with Huff going to the practice squad.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, James Burgess, when you have your inside linebacker number five on the depth chart starting games down the stretch for you and he's not performing like a starter should, I mean, I don't see a problem with that. I don't know how anybody could expect greatness from that, you know, situation. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hewitt and Burgess is going to be another one of those under-the-radar competitions that... I guess whoever you hear less about on uh, Twitter from the beat reporters will be in better hands.
0: Well, yeah, I mean you you would think so, but I, and the, the guy I mentioned uh, before you called in, um, B.J. Bello, and I mentioned mm-hmm. him because as I've said before, Greg Williams brought him over from Cleveland, and he did a really nice job on special teams. And you yeah. know sometimes you get these you get these coordinators, you know whether it's whether it's your offensive, defensive, special teams guys. Um, sometimes the coach will let them like you pick one guy. Like we're gonna set the 53, but each coordinator, you can you can speak up for one guy who will keep. And I wonder if Bello is that guy who Greg Williams is gonna say, look, I can plug him in in a bunch of different spots. Uh, it, it's tough to gauge because he played at a small school, but I went back and watched mm-hmm. some of his college film, and the guy. He lined up an inside linebacker, outside linebacker. They lined him up with his hand in the dirt. He dropped back in coverage. He's a, he's a very athletic guy. So he's got some traits that make him interest, interesting. But I just don't know that he's a guy who's going to be, if he does enough, that they'll be able to keep him. But he's, he's someone worth keeping an eye on. And that brings us mm-hmm. to corners. Who are your
1: cornerbacks? All right. So this is another revolving door situation for me. I've been back and forth almost every day looking at my predictions and taking somebody off, putting somebody up, but I have for now uh, Pierre Desir, and then Bless Austin, uh, Brian Poole in the slot, Quincy Wilson, and then I had uh, Nate Hairston and Bryce Hall as my fifth and sixth. I only kept six. I wanted to keep seven, but Mallette I don't know. It seems like he's been getting benched left and right in practice, burnt by Perriman. Um, And then you have the undrafted free agents, Lamar Jackson and Javelin K. Gidry. And I think for my money, I would probably want to keep Lamar Jackson around. I did a prospect profile on him for the website, and uh, I liked what I saw from him on, on film. I think he has traits that could make him better than a Nate Hairston as your fourth or fifth corner. I think it's time to let the youth step up and I think uh, give somebody else a chance. But for now I have the six is Desire, Austin, Poole, Wilson, Hairston, and Hall.
0: Yeah. A lot of the same names for me. Um, Mollett is, is interesting. And, and again, with uh, you mentioned Jackson as a possible, you know, the undrafted free agent, um, can he make it? And he's a guy that I would, you know, he's got the length. He's 6'2", played at a, a major program. Uh, he's another guy who you saw as kind of having a 6th, 7th round draft grade. Didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, the only reason, again, the only reason I'm not putting him on my list is because I haven't heard his name one time. So, yeah. It, and it's tough for the to...
1: corner position, it's sometimes a good thing when you don't hear their names in camp a lot, but Sometimes you got to hear his name at least once that, you know, he's on the turf, breathing, making a play, you know, it's silence. Yeah. Back, even, that's no the thing. Even if he's okay.
0: Yeah. If you're not calling his number for getting beat, especially as an undrafted free agent, you'd certainly hear from, from some beat guys saying, you know, Lamar Jackson doing a good job. Lamar Jackson, you know. Yeah. Getting those pass breakups has it, has it, or, has it you been know, challenged. Yes, Something, yeah, something. Mm-hmm. but, oh, so I love the idea of him making the roster. I hope he does make the roster because of his upside. But I just I can't put a guy on the roster who I haven't heard anything about. Exactly. Um but uh, but again I love the idea of him sticking, but I'm going with Bless Austin, I'm going with Desir, Poole, Hairston, uh Wilson, Hall, and I'm going with Mallette. And I was trying to decide between Mallet and Jackson. Okay. But the uh the the, the the what what broke it for me was the fact that we've seen Maulet play in NFL games and I've, we haven't seen Jackson. Catering's um, mm-hmm. an interesting guy because of his speed, but he wasn't a super productive guy in college. And um, he's another one. I mean, he might have some special teams value. That might help him stick around. I don't know if he's a guy who can be a gunner on the outside, uh, especially with Trenton Cannon being gone. But uh, Yeah, that's what they, I
1: figured he could be.
0: Yeah, I mean, he yeah, ran that uh, 3 nine, 40, whatever it was.
1: There was a Lawrence – that Lawrence Cager highlight, I believe, was a catch that he went up over Gidry to make. Yeah. So yes, it was. Yeah. Not, the, not the best thing you want to see from an undrafted free agent, but
0: – Yeah, that was literally the we, first time it, I, I saw his name. I think one of them mentioned. will land on
1: the practice squad between Gidry and Jackson. I think one of them is uh, a good fit for the practice squad. I don't see why they would just up and cut both, so. Yeah.
0: And so, at safety,
1: who do you got? All right. Uh, so, for the starters, I have uh, McDougal and May. And then I have Ashton Davis. And then my – this is a, more of a personal favorite. And uh, doing a little bit of background research on Matias Farley and Bennett Jackson, it, uh, it didn't seem like they played much actual defense last year. It seemed like they were strictly special teams guys. So, for my fourth safety, I actually picked, the, another undrafted guy, uh, Shaheem Carter from Alabama. He has, you know, some some good traits that you want out of a, a safety. He had two pick sixes and a, a pretty nice fumble, um, forced fumble. And uh, I think um, it's more of a personal choice for Shaheem. But again, it's due to lack of production on the actual defensive side from Farley and Jackson that made this decision. And uh, he's wearing number 45, and I was a big Rontez Miles fan, so I like I like the number 45 in New York. Something about it, I have a personal connection with the player.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rontez Miles. He was a guy that uh, he yeah, was uh, that's he was one of my favorite yeah, Jets ever. Yeah, impossible not to root for. I mean, such a yeah. You talk about a guy with you know just going all out every single play, you know high-level, high mm-hmm. high-energy high guy. That was definitely Rontez Miles. Um, I yeah. think he went uh, Detroit. He Detroit.
1: He was with Pittsburgh. I don't think he's on a team currently. Um, I remember sending him a direct message saying, I hope the Jets bring you back. But uh, I don't think he's with a team currently. But it, I, okay. I could be wrong about that.
0: Yeah, and Matthias Barley, he, he he started – sort of 12, 13 games a couple years ago with the Colts and um, had some pretty decent numbers. So he has starting experience, but I did, I did the same thing you did. Um, I went with upside. The fact that Farley and Jackson couldn't get on the field last year Mm -hmm. and Carter, Cheyenne Carter got the biggest signing bonus of all the undrafted free agents. Uh, He got 65,000, which honestly surprised me because he was another When I looked at the list. And I watched a couple of his games, you know, when I looked at the list of undrafted free agents that the Jets brought in, and -hmm. I went and watched a couple of his games, he just didn't strike me as like an athletic guy who could do, he just, I don't know, I I, kind of came away feeling like he was a solid college player who benefited from playing for Alabama, um, but wouldn't make it in the NFL, and that's why he didn't get drafted. And then lo and behold, the Jets gave him the biggest signing bonus of anybody they brought in. So obviously they like something about him. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. going strictly on that, and and it, it does appear um, that he does have a good a good deal of versatility, which of course is going to make him valuable to any any defensive coordinator. But yeah, so I've got mm-hmm. May McDougal Mac- McDougal Davis and Carter at the safety spots. And like I said, by the time because I crossed a couple names off and raced a couple and added some on. Uh, don't tweet me and say, hey, you moron, you at 54. Um, I may have because uh, I am a moron, self-admitted. Um, so that brings us – listen, we we know Braden Man's the punter. We know Hennessy's the long snapper. Um, what's going on at kicker? Do you th- I, Me personally, I don't think the opening week kicker is on the roster. Um, if the opening week kicker is on the roster, I think it's Maher. I think they bring him back because mm-hmm. that dude – if you can get him on the right track, like anybody wants a guy who's money from 60 yards out. And that's basically what that dude is.
1: Yeah. um, I think the competition is not as close as some Ficken fans might like out there in the world, but I think it's Brett's job to lose. Um, That being said, he has a nickname Barely Brett for a reason because he's money from 50 plus, but under forty-five, he's very questionable. But um, if if I had to put money on it, I would say the kicker is not on the roster. No, and I think they look elsewhere to bring in a veteran option.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's what we're going to see happen. I don't I don't think the Week One kicker is on the roster.
1: And but, I um, I'm not even sure what free agent kickers are out on the market. I know uh, the Bills just released. Uh, Lochlin Edwards and uh, Steven Hauska, so that that that's a name, but Hauska yeah, might just Kevin, be the name at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure how Hauska's played the last couple of years. I I honestly don't. Uh... I'm pretty sure they have a rookie in there now. I think it's Tyler Bass. is his name? They have a, yeah, Tyler Bass is their rookie kicker now. So if the rookies beat me out of a job before the season starts, it's probably not looking too good for Hauschka. Yeah, it looks like Hauschka last year. I'm just pulling up his numbers real quick. Uh,
0: yeah, well, he hit 78% of his kicks. Not great in today's NFL. I mean, kickers just don't miss anymore, man. Kickers, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They, uh, good kickers, Especially from miss. under
1: 45, you just... If you miss yeah. one in the game, like, we saw it, uh, maybe not last year, but the year before with the Jets, I feel like every week or two, they're bringing in a new kicker and trying them out, and... It's, it's hard to stick, but it seems like the teams that have good kickers have success in the league. So that's a position we need to start fixing quickly because this yeah, group of uh, was... free agents doesn't look very good.
0: Yeah, and uh, who was, was it? Graham Gonneau, Some another good kicker got let go a couple of weeks ago, and I was sure the Jets would be uh,
1: working the I phones. thought they were going to be all over him as well, and then he ended up signing in uh, – of course, the other New York, with the Giants, and they uh, subsequently released Catanzaro because of it. So it seems like, you <laughs> know, it's going to stick there. Yeah, yeah, Catanzaro. I mean, I,
0: but it, it's been weird with the Jets. They had a good run of just, like, grabbing a cast-off who, who played great.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they Holt, of course, was a Nick cast-off Nick from Bull, Dallas.
0: Yeah. Uh, Catanzaro was, you know, dumped, and he had a really good year for them. Um who yep. was it the year before him? I'm trying to remember. There was someone another sort of one year guy. Mm-hmm. Who, they just they just kinda had this stretch of not drafting anyone, not trading for anyone, not having a long term kicker. They would just grab guys off the street during camp and they play at a high level. Uh, but yeah, you're right, man. I mean, just get somebody in here who uh who can kick for the next ten years, you know? Um
1: Exactly. Whether
0: it's you know, teams don't draft kickers, I get it. But um Man, get somebody. It, it's a rotating door and a revolving door. And last year was the biggest disaster they've had a kicker in quite some time. I don't think Fickens the guy. It was hard to think. watch. Yeah, uh, and Mar Mar, whatever. Um, like I said, the dude is like the most accurate kicker in the NFL. I think it, I saw some crazy stat on him. He's like something like four out of six from 60 plus in the last two or three years. And the rest of the NFL wow. is like two for 15 or something like that. Um, he has more field goals from 60, 60 and out than the rest of the NFL combined, or some, something along those lines. Um, but either way, that's it, man. That's our 53. Uh, Dylan, thanks so much for joining me. We'll wrap things up. Alex was not able to call in, so uh, I'm assuming the, the work on his home is still out of control. Uh, good luck, Alex. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, yeah, man, we'll catch yeah, you on again uh, sometime in the near future. And uh, Absolutely. And just uh, go ahead and give out your Twitter
1: handle for those people listening. And and uh, thanks again for coming on. Sure, yeah. yeah, uh, You can follow me at D Um I don't really do Instagram or Facebook, so I'm just the Twitter guy, but happy to be here. And I hope that we can make this uh, a frequent thing, Glenn. This is really fun.
0: Yeah, go go ahead and spell out that last name for those of, uh, for those who aren't following. Sure, that.
1: that's uh, P E R E M A N. That's D. Terman. All right,
0: folks. So that's Dylan Terman, Jet Nation staff writer, uh, making his, his first appearance on the show. Hopefully, as he said, it's a regular thing. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. A uh, little bit of Adam Gase, a little bit of Kalen Bellage fifty-three man roster, Le'Veon Bell, and. Uh, a few notes on how some guys are doing in camp. Cameron Clark, by the way, practicing again after starting the, uh, the preseason with a with a bum left shoulder. He's back in the picture. We've heard some more good things about Makai Beckton And uh, Marcus May, I meant to mention him. His name's come up a lot. I think I saw Connor Hughes say he's probably been the best player in camp so far. So uh, that's great news to hear. And as I believe we mentioned, Bryce Hall off the COVID list. So that does it for us tonight, and we look forward to you joining us next week where hopefully Alex is back, and we got to let Alex run through his 53. Uh, wouldn't be right to shut him out of that. Um, so we'll have that, and hopefully some more news. Hopefully uh, a receiver in camp, and hopefully we, we hear about the offense not getting shut out by the second-string defense uh, if the Jets hold a scrimmage between now and then. Have a great night, Jets fans. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24.
1: Until next time, go Jets!